Hey guys, what's up? It's Drew from The Sober Fix. I'm happy to be back on here. It's been another busy week. A lot of good stuff going on. Working full time. Taking classes for my psychology degree. Hanging out with family, girlfriend. You know, just all positive stuff that's going on in recovery all positive stuff and I love getting on here and this is another thing that I do for my recovery another just another component to my recovery that just helps me stay sober no matter how many people hear this you know listen to it whatever it's just another thing that I do for my recovery and I encourage everyone to find whatever that is for you Find that passion. We, we need stuff other than other than the work that we put in in recovery. Like we need some we need we need other things. We need stuff that's not related to recovery. I feel like to balance it out. It can't be all work and no play. We're sober for a reason. We're sober because we don't want to live the misery of addiction anymore. We don't want to live in just never knowing what the next day is going to bring and, and, and a constant downward spiral. You know, there's got to be things that... There's got to be a lot of work that gets put into recovery, I have found. But there's also... There's there's got to be a parts of our program that are, that are just for fun and, and just part of our passion. And the sobriety and the recovery is, is the foundation for it all. But there are things that other things that we come to find out we like to do. And and over time, because when I first got sober, I had no idea what I liked to do. It had been so long since I had hung out with people and and not been using drugs or drinking. So long. My whole life revolved around it. And that's an interesting thing to look at too, if, if you're still drinking and you know, you're kind of contemplating, hey, how big of a role does alcohol really play in my life today? I know for me, before I was like willing to admit that I was an alcoholic, like if you were to look at my schedule, if you were to just look at everything I did for fun, let's just forget like the work week. Let's just look at the weekend. Like what do I do for fun? Everything I did centered around drinking. And I think for me, that was like an excuse like, oh, no, I'm just going bowling with friends or, oh, we're just going to the movies or, you know, we're just going out on a Friday night. But like every activity that I was doing at that time all revolved around drinking, all of it. And it's interesting because when I look back, I think that was like a survival tactic. It was like a way that I was able to drink as much as I wanted to drink. But at the same time, like I had another excuse for being at that place. Like let's say bowling or whatever. Like I wouldn't, looking back, like I wouldn't have gone, it wasn't the bowling that I went for, you know, although I find that fun too. It was knowing that there was going to be alcohol there and, and I could drink as much as I want. I could, disguise it as just having fun bowling you know and i think that's interesting especially for people that maybe don't believe they're an alcoholic yet or whatever it's just to kind of look at that and and be honest with yourself you know no one else i i believe that no one else can you know they could 
call you an alcoholic. They could bring up your drinking. They could bring to your attention maybe the amounts that you're drinking or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, each person has to diagnose themselves as an alcoholic. Because we're not going to do anything about it unless we honestly believe in ourselves that there's a serious problem. And everything was centered around it. Every single thing I did. In fact, I wouldn't... I mean, towards the end, like, I didn't try and hide it anymore. It was like, look, like, I don't have the money anymore to, like, disguise my drinking and, like, say that we're just going out to lunch or say we're just going to the movies or say we're just going bowling. Like, no, like, now it's like, okay, I don't need to disguise it anymore. Like, I'm just drinking by myself, you know, and all that money is going into the alcohol or drugs, you know. There's no more, like, trying to do other activities while drinking you know even though drinking was the center of it i wouldn't have done most of that stuff if the alcohol wasn't there you know if i had plans for the weekend and you know this never happened but let's say all of a sudden i got a text and they said hey man just so you know that that bar is closed that um you know so they won't be serving alcohol tonight but we could still go to that concert you know like i wouldn't have gone or I would have gone, but I would have definitely made sure I, I drank a bunch before I went. You know, and I think that's another thing too, you know, trying to figure out does alcohol play a big role in my life is is just kind of looking at those behaviors and saying like, okay, like, do you pregame before you get to the tailgating party? You know, do you drink before you get to the bar? You know, do you order drinks at the bar, but then pull out your flask and make them stronger? Just interesting stuff like that. You know, I always made sure that I was in constant worry that I was going to run out of alcohol or drugs. I had to make sure that I always had enough. And at any event or whatever, I made sure that I, I drank before. And I had every excuse. You know, I'd come up with the excuse. Oh, I'm just saving money. You know, these drinks at this place are pretty expensive. I'll just, I'll just have a few drinks before, you know, save a little bit of money. No big deal. But really, it's like, no, like, especially if I was going out with people that didn't know the full extent of my drinking, I couldn't just show up at the bar and, and just pound a ton of alcohol as fast as I wanted. So I'd make sure I drank before and, and they wouldn't know I was drinking before I do that alone. And then I go to the bar, they see me have two or three drinks. They're probably thinking, man, that, he, this guy looks, he looks way, way too buzzed for his two beers he had, you know, but they don't, I mean, I'm sure they knew after a while, everyone knew I couldn't hide it anymore. Like, I feel like the hiding stage, like that's, that was a, pretty early on for me when I still had this, tried to maintain this facade that, that I didn't drink or use as much as I really did, you know? And that's another thing too, is like, like non-alcoholics, they don't have to convince you they don't drink that much. They don't think about like, who's going to see how many drinks they have because they don't worry about it. You know, it, it, it's they don't suspect there's a problem because there isn't 
but me as an alcoholic, like I was always worried about, you know, in the beginning, towards the end, I, it didn't matter. Like, you know, the gig was up, like everyone knew how much I drank and used. It's like, I, I, I couldn't hide it anymore. I, you know, the only person I was hiding it from in the end, how bad of an alcoholic I really was, was myself, you know, and that, and I knew deep down, like, I couldn't deny it. I, I knew that my relationship with alcohol was much different than other people's. And it had been since the beginning. Like other people had, they had the off switch. They could say, Hey, look, like I've had enough tonight. I'm good. Like, you know, try and hand him a beer. Oh no, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm fine. I've already had a few, like looking back, I, I think about that. And it's like, I cannot come up with one situation in, you know, the years I was drinking and using, I cannot come up with one situation where someone offered me something and, and I said, no, I'm good. Definitely not a drink. Definitely not any hard drugs. I, I don't even think I turned down drugs that I didn't like. Like I was much more likely to, to use a drug I don't even like than to stay sober for the night. And my preference was going down, but like there was plenty of times I went up and I would regret it each time. At first it was like, Ooh, like I'm sober. Like there's something I could alter my sense of reality. Yes. Let's do it. Oh, I know I don't really like that stuff, but let's do it. You know, three days later, no sleep feeling like shit. Oh man. I can't believe I did that again. Never doing those uppers again. Never touching that shit. Feel all gross. Feel like I need to take like a million showers. Like can't sleep. Not hungry. You know, like I, I that was not my preference. Like I always like to be able to sleep. But you know what? The next time I didn't have any downers or whatever, I didn't have my drugs of choice and you know, was drinking or whatever, like. I went straight up again, over and over and over. Same thing. Feel good for a little bit, instantly regret it, be up for three days, feel like shit, not eat, swear I'll never do it again. You know, and that same process was just repeated over and over. And what normally started it was, you know, let's say I, let's say I was in jail for a few months and while I'm there, doing a bunch of push-ups, writing letters to family members, trying to mend some relationships. And sometimes that was the only time that they would talk to me. They wouldn't talk to me when I was like on the hard stuff and super loaded, you know? So some of my best times were actually in there. And looking back, I needed it. Like I'm very grateful now looking back that I got in trouble at the times that I did. You know, it just always happened to be when I needed it the most looking back. I, when I was on a terrible run and was probably going to die was when I would get arrested, you know, and I used to be so pissed at the time. Like I hated it. It was miserable. You're all lonely, depressed. 
however long the run was that I was drinking and using, you know, it's like, you don't think about any of the situations that are going on until the run stops. And now it's like, Oh man, like, like I, I would half the time would stay on the run because of all the shame and guilt of using again, you know, and then all this crap would go on, hurt a bunch of people, hurt my family, you know, just list goes on and get lose jobs and all these regrets and bad decisions. And, just keep using, keep using, you know, got to keep using, got to stay high now. Like I cannot sit still in my own head with everything that's going on. I've got to forget about it. Let's continue this run. And it works temporarily. It does. You know, I just focus on getting high, waking up, getting high, this and that, the same daily struggle, you know, but eventually the time comes where I've got to pay for it. I've got to pay for, you know, I've got to pay up. The rent is long overdue on that run and it's time to pay up, you know, and a lot of times for me that happens when I get arrested. Not only do I go through a terrible detox, but I spend months in there sober just thinking about all the crap that I tried to avoid. You know, it's like you can't escape it. And and I sit in there and, and like I said, I start doing the the push-ups and writing the messages and making calls and promises, 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 you know, this is what I'm going to do different. Just need to get out and get a job. Excuse me. Just need to get out and get a job. Just need to stay away from some of those same people, you know, I mean, I'm just getting caught up in the wrong places, wrong time. You know, it's, um, and I started to feel better. Because it's the only time that I was actually sober and clear-headed. And so what would happen is I would put on weight. I would start to look better physically. All of a sudden, I'm getting sleep. All of a sudden, I'm waking up and I'm not hungover. You know, my arms start healing. My circulation in my arms gets better. Um, I start to look a little bit better, start to gain weight, start to get healthy again. The problem is I am not implementing any recovery. I'm around a bunch of people that are all like, I mean, the majority of the people in there are, are, it's because of drugs, you know, like if you meet some of the nicest people, some of the like hardest like gangbangers when they're out and loaded and all of a sudden they're in jail and they're sober and they're like these like nice people. It's like the trippiest thing, you know, because it's a facade. The drugs and alcohol, a lot of times is a complete facade. You become someone you're not. And sometimes we like that. You know, I, I used to like some of the qualities I got when I was on drugs because I came, became a little bit more like assertive. Like if something bothered me, like, boom, I was going to say it, you know? wasn't always like that sober you know I was a little bit more quiet and I think there's some qualities that that we like you know that when we're loaded sometimes I'm not saying that for everyone I'm not saying that I liked being loaded better than being sober absolutely not at all but there were certain things I guess that I that I liked about it every once in a while and you know all of a sudden I'm in there and but I have no recovery. I have no program. You know, nothing has changed. I have not built any defense against that first drink. And that's what I, I now know was the problem. It's, it's drink number one. It's not drink number seven, eight, nine, ten. It's not the shots at the end of the night. It's not only when I do heroin. It's not only when I do meth. It's all of it. For an alcoholic, it is any substance and the first hit, shot, or drink of it.
No one ever told me that. I had no idea. I always had a game plan of like avoiding too much alcohol or like avoiding just these substances. Or the best one, avoid the combination. Oh man, it's it, you know what it is? It's it's when I take those damn Xanax, you know, and, and then I start drinking on them and I black out, I can't remember shit. That's the problem. Like it's not the alcohol, it's not just the Xanax. It's it's the combo. Like I'll be good now. Like I'm learning some lessons here. Like, okay, don't mix these, don't like do a bunch of meth, don't do hard drugs, don't take shots at the end of the night, you know. And I'm focusing on the wrong, I have the wrong strategy. I have the wrong strategy for, for fixing my life when it, in, in, when it comes to drugs and alcohol. I never realized that it had to be a complete abstinence. Never realized that. That was never an option for me. It was either like I was doing the hard stuff or I was like just drinking whatever. But here's the thing, like, Whenever I stop the hard stuff and I just drink, the drink, the consumption of drinking goes way up. Like, I don't just stop one thing and then just use a small amount of the other. Like, if I stop one, if I'm doing two things and I stop one, the other one consumption doubles. It's, it's just, it's just the way it works. You know, and the one option that was never on the table was complete abstinence. It was never on the table. How could it be? How am I supposed to deal with all, all the mistakes I've made in the past? How am I supposed to deal with these wasted years? Like, how am I supposed to deal with, like, you know, being 30 years old and, and like, it's like I'm 18 because, like, the last freaking however many years have just i've been loaded that's all i knew that was my lifestyle it was everything that's all i could talk about everyone towards the end everyone i hung out with was just as bad if not worse but rarely worse than i was you know i went from and this is a good way to see like your progression in the disease is like because in the beginning it was like oh man i can't believe i'm hanging out with these people you know, and then like towards the end, it was like those people that I couldn't believe I was hanging out with, like, don't even want to be around me. It says a lot about how far you've progressed in drugs and alcohol to, to view that. Because in the beginning, people that you thought were sketchy and that you were surprised you're hanging out with when, when as years go on and you get worse and worse, maybe they don't. Now they don't want to be around you. You've gotten so bad. And I, and I think that as the years went on, I just couldn't relate to that many people anymore. I just couldn't. I had nothing to talk about. Like, because in the beginning, when I, when I first started, it was like high school, like just after high school. It's like people weren't doing much at that time. Like they were either like, they were like living with their parents and like going to like community college. Maybe some of them went off to like a four-year university, but like they didn't have big careers yet. The gap in like our social status or whatever, like wasn't really big yet between me and them so like it wasn't obvious like whoa dude like you're falling behind like it was just like oh like he graduated high school and is like just going to community college and like working and like he's using drugs or like whatever you know but as the years went on it was like whoa like that guy hasn't done anything with his life yet you know so as time went on that became more and more apparent and it's like 
I just didn't know how I was ever going to live without it. Like I just, cause no matter what, like no matter what was going on, like fired from jobs, overdoses, you name it, like getting my stomach pumped, CPR, you know, like all this different stuff. It was like inside me, I still always had this urge to pick up. Like no matter what I did, I had this urge, you know, it was like, and I'll go to a program. Like if I get, if I get cornered enough, you know, I, I got enough heat on me, enough like pressure on me. Like I'll go to a program, you know, because I know I, I need to, but like for a long time, I, I, I knew I needed to, but I wasn't still ready. It was hard for me to find the motivation to actually want to change myself until finally through enough bad consequences and stuff. I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, I just could not take it anymore. Because eventually it, it just, the thing is, is eventually like it just stops working. Like it, it's amazing in the beginning. Like there's a reason why we get hooked. People don't just decide like, hey, I want to like, I got an idea. Like I'm going to just try heroin and, and get on heroin. And, you know, that's that. It's like, no. A lot of times it's like a progression in that you start with one thing, you move to the other. For me, it was like I started the pills because I somehow justified that like the pills are okay. You know, and next thing you know, starting to withdraw from the pills. Now we're like smoking the pills, you know, and, and, um, and, and then eventually like I was sick and it just like went to heroin, you know, but the thing is, is like it gets you in the beginning because it's so good. Like with alcohol, it was amazing in the beginning. Anyone who says like alcohol or drugs is never amazing in the beginning, like then why did you keep doing it in the beginning? You know, like it, it was amazing in the beginning. I'll give it that. I'll, I'll, I will give it that respect. Yes, it was terrible in the end. It was great in the beginning because it hooks us in and rewards us in the beginning just long enough to like sink its like teeth in us. Like it's got to like, it's got to pull you in. It's got to give you something to pull you in, to use it enough to then get hooked and then turn on you before you even know it. You know, like it had turned on me and before I even knew it, I had no idea. I was still, and when I say turn on me, it's like, I still was under the impression that I had some control in the situation, you know? And that's the great illusion with addiction is like, and I think, I think everyone experiences it in some form, fashion, one way or another, you know, it's just that idea that, that I can continue to use this and like eventually stop it, even though all of the evidence has always shown that I've never been able to do that. I personally, and I'm not speaking for anyone else, have never been able to use for like a weekend and then not touch it again for a month. Maybe like a substance like I don't really like, but never everything. Like I, I could never like, like when I was sober for a little period of time, I could never just like, let's take like pills, for example, like whatever. There never was a time where I was able to like, like to, I would convince myself in my head Ooh, I really feel like getting high again. Like, and then of course the conversation in my head is like, okay, but like, 
I don't want to get as bad as I've got before. You know, I don't want to start this crazy cycle. Like I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't, you know, I don't want to get hooked. I don't want to start detoxing because when I, when I reach the point of detox and withdrawals, I will continue to use no matter what, just to avoid that. Even though like I have a ridiculously high tolerance eventually, and it's not getting me high anymore. There's no rewards anymore. I'll continue to use it just to avoid being sick. You know, and I think a lot of people that have used opiates, I think everyone who just used opiates understands that, you know, a lot of the reason why our runs go on for so long, a lot of times it's not because we're getting high anymore. You know, if you're in a year long run, you are not getting high anymore. It's just not happening. You know, it's just to get well, just to get by, just to feel less than I feel right now sober today. You know, that's the reality of it. Like my head will tell me that it was like amazing at the time. But looking back at it, the actual see, because my head will tell me one thing, whereas reality is a little bit different, or a lot of, at most times, a lot different. You know, it would tell me that I was like getting high and enjoying it, but the reality was I wasn't. I was just barely getting by for the day. And I never realized that I couldn't touch any of it. I just could not touch any of it it's not about which substance i use you know it's like i that whole illusion that i was able to start getting high again and that i would have some control over it it was absolutely false never had any control over it never did And it's interesting because after years of never having control over it i will think about maybe the one time i did my head will take me all the way back to the beginning. Forget the last 13 terrible years on this stuff. What about like the first time you tried it? Remember that like first time where you had so much control and like responsibility? Like remember like you picked it up for the first time, you bought like six pills and like they lasted you like a month. Remember that? Like forget about these last 13 years that have just been non-stop hell for you and you've and you've lost everything and just burned every relationship and bridge possible but what about that one time the first you know like that's that's important i think very important to look at you know is how does your head talk to you like what because i think everyone's everyone's inner voice or disease or whatever you want to call it that is trying to Whatever that obsessive voice is, internal voice that is trying to pull pull you towards drugs again, it's important to identify, like to look at the evidence and go like, just hear your thought out. Just go, okay. Hey man, like you should get high for this weekend. Like, wait, this weekend? Oh yeah, I guess that would be kind of cool, right? Just get high for the weekend, put it down, like. It's important to like to look at that and hear that thought out and go like, okay, let's like examine this a little bit. Have I ever picked up and got high just for the weekend? And then I look back and it's like, no, like, and then my head tells me, well, what about that first time? You know, it's like, yes, the first time, but like, when was the last? That only happened once. You know, that's a great lie of addiction. Like I always went into like a relapse or a run thinking I had some type of control. Thinking that the certain substance I was using was 
for whatever reason, whatever way I justified in my head different than the other ones, it wasn't going to take me out or I'm just going to use for this weekend and, and it'll be over, you know, like I had all of the, my head, I have come to realize over time and kind of realized it then, but really realize it now is just a complete bullshitter. You know, it's just a liar. It, it's, it's delusional. It's going to tell me it's a great obsession that they talk about in the AA book, you know, the physical allergy, spiritual malady, and, and the great obsession. That is what drives me to drink after any period of sobriety, you know, and it finds different ways to take me back to that drink. But the thing that it took me a long time to realize is it is not the first drink. It's not the different substance it, or it's, it, is the first drink it's not the last one it's not the different substances it's the first one i always made the decision to relapse when i was completely sober because otherwise it wouldn't be a relapse it would just be using again but out of the few times i relapsed i was as sober as i was ever going to get physically i was already detoxed you know, and I, and I had to realize it. And that's why for me, it is complete abstinence. Because anything else, I, I lose that power, I lose that control, no matter what it is. And it puts me on a race where there's no destination. I can never get there. It doesn't matter what I use, weed, hard stuff, alcohol, it doesn't matter what I use, I will never get enough of it. And I will continue to chase something that I can never catch. You know, and that's why for me today, it has to be total abstinence. That's all I got for this week, guys. Thank you so much to everyone who listens. I greatly appreciate it. I do this. It helps me stay sober and I reach out to anyone I can. So thank you so much for listening and I'll make another one soon. Thanks, guys.